We shall read First Peter chapter four, verses one, from verses one to six. All right, from verses one to six, we will focus tonight on verses five and six. But for context, we will read from verses one to six. Reading, for as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, <coughs> arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. For he that has suffered in the flesh hath ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. For the time past of our life may suffice us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles, when we walked in lasciviousness, lust, excess of wine, revelings, banquetings, and abominable idolatries, wherein they think it strange that ye run not with them to the same excess of riot, speaking evil of you, who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. For this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. May God bless the reading of His Word. Let us all turn to God in prayer. Let us pray. Our Father in heaven, we thank you for gathering us in thy house. We thank you for safe travels here, and we thank you for seeing us through a week. We do plead with you once again for thorough cleansing and washing of all our sins. And we pray that this night, you would send your Holy Spirit to be our teacher, to open up our eyes of understanding, that in understanding, Lord, we may have convictions in our heart that we would live by. So, Father, we pray that you would build a strong church for thyself. We pray for those that are studying DHW tonight. Help the facilitators. Lord, use them and help each student to learn much from your Holy Word. So be in thine house tonight to feed us, we pray, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so now we continue in chapter 4 and we are going to focus on verses 5 and 6. Now, so I'll keep reminding ourselves, right? So we are what on earth? All right, here. Abigail, we are? Excellent, all right? We are strangers and pilgrims on earth. So keep reminding yourself that as you study this, this, um, this book, the mentality we need to keep having in our hearts and our mind is we are strangers and pilgrims. Means this world is not our home. Remember, this world is not our home. We are just passing through. All right? We have clear purposes from our heavenly kingdom. That is what we live for here. And we look forward to that kingdom. All right? So we don't build our roots on earth. In other words, you don't live a life that amass wealth, amass um, possessions as if you are not going to leave this world. And as if you can take it with you. All right? So the stranger and pilgrim always have his heart realizing that his life is very temporary here. Very temporary. Once you think it's temporary, maybe I'll ask the students. All right, who is going back to your home country most likely after you finish studying? Can you put up your hands? Ah, this one. All right, maybe I'll ask Nicole. Nicole, so this country is very temporary for you, right? You are kind of like a stranger and you're just passing through, a pilgrim, right? So would you buy a lot of things and, and have a lot of things here, assuming you can afford it, and live like as if you're not going to leave this land? Would you do that? 
No, right? Instead, you're always preparing for the time you go home, correct? So that is the strangers and pilgrims mentality. Are you like that? Now, that is the question, teens. What is your mentality all this while in school? All the while that you're studying, what is it about? What is it for? Alright, so the strangers, stranger and pilgrims mentality, remember that. Now, then we come to this, um, this aspect. Now, just a quick revision, alright? Please look at... Um, Verses 2 and 3. Now in verses 2 and 3, God says, For the strangers and pilgrims, we should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. Because you're strangers and pilgrims, the rest of your life. Now these are very strong words. Live the rest of his time in the flesh. Means as long as you live on earth, in the flesh, you're alive. You must not live to the lust of the flesh. And then God says in verse 3, That is your past life. You used to love that. Then in verse 4, God says, now, your friends who are unbelievers, maybe even some believers, right? Now, they are going to think it strange. Means they find it very odd. They cannot understand why you don't run with them. Run with them means you continue your old lifestyle with them, all right? You used to go to certain places, do certain things, play certain games with them, talk about certain things with them. They will find that it is very odd, that you don't do that with them anymore. To the same excess, they love these things, you used to love them, and they will speak evil of you. Meaning to say, they will begin to, well, accuse you of being so good, right, and making them look bad. They will, they will accuse you of causing problems in society because you live your Christian faith. Um, they will even say that, well, you cause a lot of family problems because of your belief today. There's so much problems in our family, disagreements because of what you choose, how you want to live, right? So they will speak evil of you when you obey God. Now, then it comes to verse 5. Now, if you spend, a bit, I give you 30 seconds, all right, to read verses 5 and 6 together and try to explain verse 6. Because this to many uh, is a very confusing verse. Verse 6. Now, verse 6. Alright, try. Spend 30 seconds of time. Alright, 30 seconds are up. So what do you think it means? Okay, I think it might be a bit tough for the young ones here. It will be so easy for those over here, right? So maybe I start at the end. Don't start, keep starting at the begin at the front. Uh, Joshua, right? Joshua. What do you think it means? From the end of the verse, it seems to refer to believers. But live according to God and the Spirit. So would there be people who perhaps died for their faith? Okay, so that could be one view. Alright, JB, what about you? JB, do you go to the grave and preach to the dead? <laughs> right? So you see, for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead. Maybe Christians are told to go and preach to dead people. 
What do you think it means? Those who are going to die, those are dead. So these are dead people. Dead people. Really dead. Those are going to die. What do you mean by that? Okay, next. Um, next, uh, Joash. Josiah, sorry. <laughs> Not physically dead, but dead in sin. Alright, dead in sin. Um, yes, so that's another view. So one is, is definitely not preaching to dead people, correct? Alright, hopefully no one thinks that is. Some, it could be, well, those who are dead in sin. Means unbelievers. Dead in sin are people who are unbelievers. Alright, preach to unbelievers. Okay, so that could be one. Now, maybe I'll just go ahead and run through it. Now, First and foremost, do you think these are believers or unbelievers? Justin? The, yeah, verse, um, verse 6 first. Yeah, who are the gospel being preached to? Verse 6. Unbelievers. Okay, so preach the gospel to unbelievers that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. Alright, now, look up here. Now, this verse is saying this. Well, first, maybe we talk about... Um, oh, yeah, you raised a good question. Maybe I ask uh, Jillian. Jillian, who is verse 5 referring to? Who? Who is the who being referred to? Who shall give account to him? Unbelievers, alright, because look at verse 4, wherein they think it is strange that ye run not with them. Alright, so the they refers to unbelievers thinking that you, the believer, don't run with them. And then verse 5, and God says, well, they who judge you, they will give an account to him that is ready. Okay, now then let's look at verse 6, because when you put these two verses together, then there are important lessons for us to learn tonight, alright? Okay, so the gospel is preached to, to them that are dead. So for sure, he's talking about some people who are dead. Uh, dead, I, I draw it in red. Alright, dead. So lie sideways, right? Alright, dead people. Let's say the gospel is preached to the dead. And then it says this, look at verse 6. Um, to them that are dead, that they might be judged according to, the, to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Now, God also God says there's a reason why the gospel is preached to those that were dead, so that they can live. They can live according to God in the spirit. They can live according to God in the spirit. Now, this is not talking about heaven, because there's no point for Paul talk, to talk about, to encourage them um, and say, well, you know, gospel is preached, then they go to heaven. Now, he's encouraging living believers, living believers, all right? So, it will mean this. Now, these were living people. Yes, at one point, they were dead in sin. They were unbelievers, all right? Like you, before you were saved. 
The gospel was preached. Now, this person who used to live is now dead. Alright, is now dead. But he used to be living. Okay? Maybe we take, for example, a martyr. You know a martyr? One of the Christians who, who, was, who was killed. Right? Who was killed. Right? Who was killed. Beheaded. Right? Who was beheaded. Martyr. This martyr, while he used to be living, the gospel was preached to this person before he was saved. Then he got saved and then he was martyred. He was killed and he is dead. Alright, so why did God preach? Because the gospel was preached to this person who is now dead, the martyr. So he's probably telling, you remember all your friends, your relatives who believe in Christ and they are dead now. But the gospel was preached to them, was preached to them that they may live, that they may live. So when they are living, alright, they grow up when they are living. While they are living, every stage of life, that while they live, they were living according, according to God in the Spirit. Okay? They were living according to God in the Spirit. So, listen again. Eh? The gospel was preached. The gospel was preached to this dead person when he was living, so that this person would live according to, the, according to God in the flesh. Okay? Get it? No, CP. You're confused. You're confused, really? No, 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 I'm okay. Yeah, okay, alright. Uh, it's exactly what uh, Joshua mentioned. Now, because it says this, um, that they may live according to, the, according to God in the Spirit, it must be talking about believers. Unbelievers don't live according to God in the Spirit, alright? It's talking about believers living to God, living to God according to the Spirit, they are dead now. They are dead now. But the gospel was preached to them so that they will live such a life and they got martyred and they are dead now. Okay, who do not understand? No? Alright, now it's important to understand this, alright? You alright, Kaylin? Repeat again. Okay, not only repeat, but again. Okay, repeat again. The, for the gospel, the gospel was preached to maybe... I just say, um, assuming you have a dead relative who is called um, Mary, alright? Mary. And Mary was a believer, alright? The reason why Mary was preached to your dead relative, Mary, was so that Mary, when she was living, would live according to God in the Spirit. Okay? Who is now dead, alright? So, so, Peter is just saying, well, the reason why the gospel was preached to your dead relative when she was living was so that she would live according to God in the spirit. Can? Yep. The reason why the gospel was preached to your dead relative Mary when she was living is so that she would live according to God in the spirit. Get it? Okay? Clear? Alright? So, now, this is important because now if you understand this wrongly, then, then you will miss the whole point of this statement that Peter wrote. Now, that's the question is this. Will you miss it now that you know it? Okay. So now that you know what it means, what do you think? What do you think? Now, look at question number one. So that is question number one. In verse six, all right, verse six, what is the reason God sends someone to preach the gospel to you? What must you remember from this? What's the reason? How come you're writing? Huh? 
Are you writing the question? So maybe writing. So now I ask you, what so Peter said, now the reason why the gospel was preached to you when you were living. So assuming you're dead now, right? So next person, Hazel, right? Assuming this is um, nine, 90 years later, right? Assuming you're not living that time. Then say, why was the gospel preached to um, Hazel, who is dead today? What was it preached to her when she was living? All right? So, why? why? Why did God send anyone to preach the gospel to you? It could be your parent, could be your relatives, could be you yourself read the Bible. Why would God lead you to salvation? Okay, so now try. Now you understand what it means? Now you try the answer. Wait, who's next? Um, Jillian, uh, Janelle. Why do you think God sends someone um, or leads you to salvation when you're living? Mm-hmm. So that he can use you for his work? Um, yes, it's true, but from the context, all right? So there will be a lot of right answers. You're right, that is the right answer. But the question is from here. Because now you begin to realize why God saved you. Yes, one of the reasons is so they can use you, but the use you part is not so clear here yet, but it is true. Okay, try next person, CP. Okay, so CP thinks the reason why the gospel is preached to you when you're living and one day you will die, and God says here, um, it has to do with live, live, the way you live your life on earth. The way you live your life on earth. Now that is correct, okay? Now in fact, the answer is very simple. It already says here, the ultimate objective of the gospel being preached to you. Now one day you are going to die. Alright, please know that. I hope you realize that. One day you are going to die. Alright, so one day you'll be this red person here. One day you will die. Unless Christ comes before that and then we will all be raptured. Alright, one day you are going to die. Now God says the ultimate reason why the gospel was preached to you when you were living is to, so that you will live according to God in the Spirit. Alright, it's up here already. This is the reason. This is the reason. Live according to God um, in the spirit, live according to God in the spirit. Yes, so it's correct. It's how you are, how you live your life. The gospel is preached to you so that you would live your life according to God in the spirit. We're going to study what that means. Now, then, but what about this? What about this? Um, them that they, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh. What does it mean that they may be judged according to men in the flesh? Nicole, you want to try? What do you think God means? Well, ultimately, Nicole, the reason why you came to um, the orientation day and someone preached the gospel to you, you got saved, is so that Nicole will live according to God in the Spirit on earth. Okay? Now, but what is this part, Nicole, about um, um, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh? What do you think it's about? You'll be judged the same as unbeliever. Um, no. Alright? We will cover that soon. Alright? But yes, um, some people think I'll be judged with the unbelievers, just like the 
with the same standard to the unbelievers. We hold that thought, alright? Next, yeah, um, um, eating, you want to try? What does it mean from this context? Will we judge according to men in the flesh? So Nicole, it cannot be judgment day because it's in the flesh. It means you're living. Not sure. Okay, it's okay. Then I move here. Huh? I've asked I've asked Caitlin not yet. I've Hazel. Yes, Caitlin. Is it like being judged by the unbelievers, like mocked by them? Very good. Right? Judged by the unbelievers, mocked by them. Because look at verse now look at verse four. Wherein they think it's strange that you run not with them. There is some excess of right. Speaking evil of you. You see they're making judgment about the way you live. Alright? The way you live. Now, so this is about how in the flesh, while you live your fleshly life, they will judge you by your fleshly life. They will judge you by how you live in the flesh. Okay? So now you put this together. And then I want you to tell me what do you think is the key lesson. You put this together. One is judge. Um, what did you say? Judge according to men. Judge according to men right, in the flesh. Judge according to men in the flesh. Now, so Peter says this, or God says this, the gospel is preached to you. Then you think about this. You know that God sent someone to preach the gospel to me? The day where I understood the gospel, God says there are two things in my mind. Two reasons about why the gospel is preached to you and what you will experience. One, you will be judged according to men in the flesh. Means how you because you become a Christian and then you don't run with them. You don't do all the things in verses 3 with them anymore. In other words, you do not want to live a, a carnal, worldly um, life anymore. You don't play those wicked computer games. You don't read those books. You don't watch manga with them anymore. Then they are going to mock you. Alright, so one thing you must expect is this will happen. The other one is to tell you, but when this is happening, please know, my reason for saving you is you live according to God in the Spirit. Now, what is in the Spirit? What do you think is in the Spirit? In fact, we'll learn afterwards. We'll learn afterwards, alright? But you must get this picture first. You must get this picture first. Now, but... Then you link it now to verse 5. You link it now to verse 5, alright? Now you've understood verse 5. Then God says, Who shall give an a, give account to him, that is God, that is ready to judge the quick and the dead. Now, quick is an old English word. Quick means living, alright? The living means those that are alive. Alive, alright? The, the alive people. And also, those that are dead. Alright, so Nicole, you've got to understand, one day, God will raise those who are dead, and they will be judged. Okay? Alright, so remember that. Now, who shall give an account to him? Now, so look up here. There are... There are... Unbelievers. Alright, there are unbelievers. There are unbelievers. Unbelievers blue, huh? Believers green, just to help you to remember. Now, God says, once the gospel is preached to you, the blue will begin to mock you if you live according to God's word, right? The blue will begin to mock you. They will not understand why you live like that. It could be your family member, it could be your relatives, they won't understand. Now, but God says, whether it's the blue people who are alive 
or one day the blue people die one day the blue people die alright actually believers smiling I guess <laughs> alright one day the blue people will die now God says now one day whether is whether you're living so the living living unsafe people or the living saved people now that look at your Bible verse 5 uh, will give account to God that is ready to judge the quick and the dead so these are the quick quick means living alright and the dead this group also so two groups two groups God says one day both group will give an account to God so God will now look at your Bibles verse 5 will judge God will judge God will judge these two groups now what does this mean for those of you who are quite new to Christianity there will be a judgment day one day alright there will be a judgment day one day and God says both the, the living and the dead are going to give an account sorry give an account to God give an account to God you will, be, you will be judged by God and you will stand there and all that you did and all that, what, whatever your thoughts your thinking that no one knows about the secret sins that you commit there will be an accounting giving alright an accounting giving but you know the gospel is preached so what happens to now at this point of time I need to explain this because some of you are very new to the faith now, now what happens at this time maybe I ask ask uh, from the back correct Anna this is judgment day judgment day now so God will judge and the blue one are unbelievers right Anna so after they give an account to God and God judges them what happened to the unbelievers the blue one they were they were set be sent to hell alright and remember so the those that are dead God will also raise them up alright oh, I need to use same color code right God will raise them so the dead will also be raised alright the dead will also be raised the dead will also be raised so those of you who may not understand both living and dead so at this point of time say judgment happens tomorrow and you are living you are you are a believer you are this one you are a believer you are this one alright if judgment days happen tomorrow and you are an unbeliever, you are this one, alright? And the dead, your dead relative, dead friends, who are unbeliever, they are this one, alright? The believer will be also resurrected, the believer will also be resurrected, alright? They will be this one. So, these are believers, these are unbelievers, living one, suddenly you're going to stand in front of God, the dead one, God will raise you, from the dead and you stand before God for judgment the, the unbelievers they will be sent to hell at that point after, after judgment and the believers will then move into eternity in heaven or on earth with God forever and ever alright so that is what happens so um, Nicole do you understand now so if you are a believer you will be and judgment happens tomorrow you are I lost track of the colors you are the living believer Right, you're the living believer. Right? If you truly believe in Christ, you will be, you pass on 
away from hell into heaven. But unbelievers will be judged and sent to hell. So this is what God tells us in the book of Revelation. Now you say, all right, so, so all this, so all this. Now the title for tonight, if you look at your, um, your, 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 your notes, is called Strangers and Pilgrims Giving Account to God. Giving Account to God. Because in verse 5, it says, now, now there will be unbelievers who will give account to God. Now, but do not think that believers will also not give an account to God. Now, can you tell me, where does the Bible say that believers will give an account to God? Want to try? Uh, next, next person, Grace. Will believers give an account to God? Not sure. If you're a believer and then at Judgment Day, will God also judge you? Yes. But will God send you to hell after that if you're a true believer? No. So where does the Bible tell you, alright, brother, help her, where does the Bible tell you that believers will also give an account to God? Not sure. Next, Ryan. Uh, but I know that the Bible does say so. The Bible says so. Like how all of our, I think it's in the Gospels, how our works also will be burnt up. Okay, works burn up. Okay, works burn up. Now, it's not in the Gospel. You turn to 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians. So young ones, please know this, alright? I know sometimes you roughly remember, but you must know all this well. Okay, so... Um Did I copy it wrongly? Say again. First Corinthians. First Corinthians five. It should be five verse ten, I think. First Corinthians chapter five. No. Yeah. Second Corinthians five ten. Right? I remember to it, but why don't I see it in my Bible? Second Corinthians five ten, right? Yeah, let's read together. Now let's read together Second Corinthians five ten. The other one, yes, is in the other book. Now let's read together Second um, Corinthians five ten. For we must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body, whether it be according to that he had done, whether it be good or bad. Alright, so God says, now, so look up here. Uh, so young ones, please understand this and there's, then you remember how to live. God says that we will all stand, and this is referring to the believer, and before the judgment seat of Christ. Now, we always call it the Bema seat judgment, right? B-E-M-A, Bema seat judgment. The reason why is, is because the Greek word for the judgment seat of Christ, this is what it is. Alright, so believers will stand before... Um, the judgment seat of Christ and this is what God tells us there will be accounting given as well alright so Grace Grace will you stand before God one day for judgment yes or will you go to hell no but there is still God says you will stand before all of us if you are a believer now then when you think about this what is what are some of the key lessons what are some of the key lessons now quickly look at question one question one now the first um, reason why God sends anyone to preach the gospel to you then is this 
Now, if you look up here, now for the unbelievers, if you say, no, I do not want to believe in Jesus Christ, secretly in your heart, you reject God, no one knows, right? But God says, now God will send people to preach the gospel to you. You will reject God, all right? You can reject God. And God says, but one day you will give account to God. Meaning to say, you can mock in your mind Christians. You can say, ah, my Christians' friends are silly, or church is, is ridiculous. You can mock, and no one may know. But God says, one day, you will stand before him and God will say, well, I'm going to judge you now. Okay? So that's, what's, that's a warning to you. But for the believers, now for the believers, the reason why God sends someone to preach the gospel to you is to remind you. Alright? To remind you, if you look at First Peter, let's turn back to First Peter. Okay, now God says this. Everyone will give an account to God one day. They will, the unbelievers, they will judge you in the flesh when you're living. But the reason why I send the gospel to you and to save you is even when they mock you when you're living, even they speak evil against you when you're living, you must continue to live according to God in the spirit because one day you as well will stand before God in judgment at the Bema seat. So that is the reason why God sends the gospel to you is a, is a heads up. You know what's a heads up? Give you a pre-warning, a pre-warning that one day like them who, will who God will judge. Now God is saying there is accounting one day. There is an accounting one day. It's like your teachers tell you. There is going to be examinations at before by the end of the term it may not tell you exactly what date but will tell you there will be an examination at the end of the term it's a heads up to you all right now once you get a heads up some of you are smiling and say yeah i know that feeling all right now you must transfer that feeling with this heads up i must constantly be on my toe that i will face this judgment this examination day one day i will face it so those of you who are serious students you will keep making sure that you, are, you, you know your work well, you are prepared, right? You are prepared. And this is what the Christian must realize. The reason why God sent the gospel to you is to tell you, you while on earth, you must live according to God in the Spirit. And one day there will be accounting for you as well, alright? Now, so it's a heads up to you, number one. Now, what do you think is the second reason why it is sent to you. Why is sent to you? Well, it said here, to live according to God in the flesh. Now, in other words, God is telling us the gospel is not just to save you and to avoid hell. The gospel is preached to you not just to help you avoid hell. And we learn that again and again in church. This is one passage that will tell you the gospel is preached to you so that you will live according to God in the spirit. The gospel is preached to you so that you will live according to God in the Spirit. Meaning to say this now, Christian, if you, if you look up here for a minute. You are the green one, right? You are the green one. You are the believer. You are the believer. You are the believer. When, after hearing the gospel, the Christian cannot think. Then I will live my life still running with them. Right? Paul, Peter just said, don't run with them. 
the reason why the gospel is preached to you so that when you don't run with them and they mock you you must expect them and you continue to live according to god in the spirit after salvation the christian cannot say that well i think i have a choice to live according to the flesh according to men live according to the flesh now if you turn to chapter uh, the chapter 4 chapter 4 Look at verse 2. Peter is just continuing in this thought that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. So the reason why the gospel is preached to you is so that you will no longer live your life according to how you used to live it, what you used to love, what you used to sin in, but now you're living, you must live according to God in the spirit. We'll study what that means afterwards. Alright, so now then, what the Bible is telling us is this. Every single one of you sitting in this room, as long, you are, as long as you are a believer, you have heard the gospel that God sent to you and you got saved. Every single believer in this room, every single, actually every single believer on earth, are expected to live out the reason why the gospel is preached to you when you're living, you're supposed to live like that. It's not just to say, I will go to heaven and all I care about is I receive the gospel, I'm going to heaven. This is the life that you must live because there's a reason why the gospel is preached to you. Alright? Now, so, it's a long way of saying. Maybe i ask you now, alright? It's a long way of saying now I come to the next person. Noah, alright? Just summarize. Why did God send someone to share the gospel to you your case probably your family member right and one day they heard the gospel you understood the gospel why did god send someone send the gospel to you so that very good so that i will live a holy and godly life even if people mock me even if they tempt me to run with them at school gatherings among my friends you must remember the reason why I heard the gospel and I got saved is I am not supposed to run with them. I'm supposed to live a holy and godly life. No Christian can say I can live a carnal and worldly Christian life. None. Because that's the reason why God sent you the gospel. So that you will live a holy life. No matter what your friends say about your Christian living. Alright? Now, then the next thing to ask is... Um, then question number two, all right? Question number two. Then, um, now, what do we learn about the meaning of the word gospel? Because the Bible says, for this cause was the gospel preached also to the believers who are dead, all right? That they might be judged according to the flesh of men, of men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Now, so what do you understand of the word gospel now? Alright, I hope you understand and follow the argument. Next, uh, Faith. Okay, so, so very often we say, oh, this is great now. gospel all right now um, the most common definition that we often say the good news 
Good news. Now, it literally means that, all right? Literally means that. Okay, good news. The, the Greek word literally means good news. That is what it means, gospel. The gospel of the good news of uh, Jesus Christ coming to save sinners, all right? All right, very common, okay? Which is correct, okay? It is correct. Now, it's a good news about Jesus Christ coming to save sinners. But, but think of what God says, huh? think of what God says, why the gospel is preached to you. The gospel is preached to you so that you live according to God in the Spirit, all right? So next, um, Isaac, try. Don't, don't doodle with your notebook. What do you think is the meaning of the gospel? Based on, based on this picture, Based on this picture, the gospel is preached to Isaac, right? So that you live according to the flesh and so on. So Isaac, what do you think is the full definition of the gospel? All right. So to you, the gospel is here, so that we can get heaven. What is the gospel? So that we can get saved and go to heaven. So to you, this is the gospel. The gospel is preached to you so that you get saved and go to heaven. What about you, Matthew? Um, yeah. The gospel is, to you, the gospel is this part. Instruction on how to live according to God. Alright? How do you know that? Because now, let's, now, Isaac, so you turn to First Peter, First Peter chapter 4 verse 6, alright? So now we all pay attention. For this cause was the gospel preached unto them that they might be judged according to the uh, men in the flesh, but live according to God in the spirit. Now, so now you begin to realize, okay, now I, I think I summarize. Um, Tanya, what do you think is the gospel? How many parts? When we first get saved, um, and then when uh, someone preaches us God's word, and then we obey His commandments throughout our life on earth, okay, so that we can go to heaven. We throughout, oh, so if you don't obey God's word throughout your life on earth, will you go to heaven? Can give a good account, but will you go to heaven if you did not live as well? Can you get to heaven still? Um, yes. yes, because salvation is by Jesus Christ forgiving you of your sin. He paid for your sins, correct? Now, so here is where you must remember the gospel, and I'm going to ask you why, why it's important, right? The gospel is not simply... Alright, so Isaac, you must pay attention, Isaac. Alright, so you didn't get the answer right, so you must pay attention. The gospel is the good news of how to get to heaven. That's correct. Alright, so what do you miss out, Isaac? The gospel is also about... How to live for God. Very good. How to live for God, alright? Because it's clear here. The Bible said the reason why the gospel is preached to you is so that you will live according to God in the Spirit. Please remember that. Now, then we come to this. Well, how come I... 
Then we come to this. So the gospel is good news. That's correct. Good news of Jesus Christ. But it's two parts. A, about the way to salvation. B, it is about that, that, that we must... Um, about living. About living according to God in the Spirit. It's about living to God in the Spirit. It's two parts. Alright? The Gospel is this. Now, this is about, some of you will remember, this is good news. The good news, the good news of Jesus Christ about how to get saved is also the good news of Jesus Christ that now you can live. You can live according to God in the Spirit. This is the good news. Now, actually, is it a good news? Maybe I'll come to the front now. Now, um, Anna, is it a good news? Is this a good news? Why is it a good news? Because this is good news. Yay, I'm going to heaven. Definitely good news. Now, Anna, why is this good news? Because God is good. And when you do, when you obey Him, then um, the way He looks at you is more rewarding. Okay, so it's good because when I live according to God, then God looks at me with, with, um, with pleasure, alright? With pleasure. Okay. Now, why is it good news? Um, let me try. Uh, Jennifer, why do you think it's good news? Is this good news for you? Why? Okay, so you seriously, this is good news for you. Means, I, means Daddy and Mommy say, and uh, um, Jennifer, you must live according to God in the Spirit. You must obey God. Is it good news? It's good news. So you love to do that. Now, so why is it good news? When I obey God, eventually I will give an account to Him. Hmm, okay, last one. Veronica, why do you think it's good news? Not sure. Okay, anyone want to try? Now, I need us to remember, to know this very clearly. Then you will treasure the gospel. Anyone want to try? Why is it good news? Yeah, CP. Uh, maybe God will be glorified. But it's good news to you. See, God did intend that it's a good news to you. Well, I guess then it's also a reminder of like the Beatitudes, like just like how we are truly blessed. We are truly blessed if we follow this. Okay. Now, remember, this is the, the power, this is the power of deliverance from, from the what? Of sin. CB. Now the okay. Now this is the good news. It's good news because God says the gospel is the power of delivering you from the penalty of sin. Means you will not go to hell. The gospel is good news to you. You won't go to hell. It's a deliverance. The power of deliverance from um, from the penalty of sin. Now what is this power of deliverance and what of sin? Another P. I hope you remember that. Alright, Janelle. I just continue from there. This is a good news because Janelle, the gospel shows you how to be delivered from the penalty of sin and you won't go to hell. Then the gospel is also a deliverance from the. Okay, next, Jilen. Uh, uh, Power. Please know that. 
Now, why is deliverance from the power of sin a good news to the believer? Before you were saved, before you were saved, you have no power to obey God. You have no desire to obey God. All right? Your, your will is a totally depraved will. Right? You will sin and you will love to sin. But after salvation, it is good news because now, um, next, uh, Phoebe, do you like to, to be delivered from the power of sin? Is it good news to you? Why? Say again. Don't go to hell is here. Well, I'm glad I'm covering this because it still seems to be very confused to many people. You're delivered from the penalty of sin if you believe in Jesus Christ, believe in the good news, right? But why is it a good news to be delivered from the power of sin? Come here. Very good. Now I can overcome sin. I can overcome sin. Do you like to overcome sin, Phoebe? You love to overcome sin, right? Before you were saved, you have no delight to overcome sin. Neither are you able to overcome sin. You will just keep sinning and you will love to sin, alright? So the Christian must know that the gospel is good news. Okay, in fact, from now onwards, uh, or I'll look up here. I wish I could climb up here and make sure you remember this forever because I say it when I'm standing up there. Now, the, whenever you think of the gospel after salvation, in your mind, this is past. I'm not saying this is not important and this is not good. This is just the first stage. To God, this is just the beginning stage. That's all. The gospel is really preached to you so that you walk according, live according to God in the Spirit. From now onwards, whenever you think of the gospel as a, Christ, as a believer already, you say, I am so thankful because of the gospel. I have now the power to overcome sin in Christ. Understand that. That is the gospel. Now, actually, I gave you the hint already for part two. Alright, so now I ask you part two. Now, what happens if Christians fail to realize the full meaning of the gospel? What happens when Christians fail to realize that the gospel contains the good news for part A and part B as a full meaning? What will happen if you only think... Alright, so maybe I try Isaac, alright, since you got it wrong. Isaac, let me ask you. Because Isaac thought, well, the gospel is good news because... It shows me how to get to heaven. So Isaac, now you know there's another part to the gospel, right? Now, now Isaac, if you only always think that the gospel is this, what will happen, Isaac? Then I will, I will not think that living according to God is important. I will not think that living according to God is important because the gospel is simply about me being delivered from the penalty of sin and I will go to heaven. Now, do you understand why today many Christians, they live worldly Christian life? Why do you think so? I'll let you write first. Maybe I'll ask you, Abigail, why do many Christians today don't bother about living according to God? Why do you think so? Because they think that the gospel is only about Yes, they only think that as long as I'm saved and I'm not going to hell, that is what the gospel is about. The Christian is, to, is supposed to live out the gospel. God says, I send someone to preach the gospel. I send the gospel to you so that you will live according to me. Now, look up here again. Can, can you, 
can you can you do this before this what do you think you cannot you cannot live according to God unless you be, have been saved all right that is why it's a good news all right this is just the first stage the first stage and then this is something that must preoccupy you all the time now turn back to your Bibles then we continue all right turn back to your Bibles now you see you see the argument of Peter now argument of Peter verse 5 now I say yes there will be those that mock you make fun of you even tempt you to continue to sin with them all right now look up here even Christians even Christians, Christians who think that the gospel is only about this, they will not realize that it's also about this. They will say, now why must you dress modestly? Why must you follow so many things in the Bible? The gospel is about going to heaven. Even they will also tempt you. Now look at your Bibles, verse 5. Now, so the unbelievers, God says, well, they will give an account to God. And God is ready to judge them. Then he says, verse 6, the reason why the gospel was sent to you, all right is now so that when even when men judge you in the flesh how you live in the flesh men judge you men uh, make fun of you but the gospel is for you to continue to live according to god in the spirit all right so you must understand clearly after i am saved there is no other life there's no other reason for god to send the gospel to me except to save me and therefore to live according to him okay so now so it's important to understand this uh, if not you will really say why why is church always teaching the bible why why is fellowship not about games we are all going to heaven already let's celebrate let's play games at fellowship but the bible says it is for you to live according to god so we must teach you god's word and you will say yay i want to know how to live according to god through god's word all right so now, and let me ask you, um, what else? Now, okay, question number three then. Now, what, what must I remember? What must I remember and how should I live? Now, knowing that God is the judge of both living and dead when it comes to being a stranger and pilgrim on earth. You are a stranger and pilgrim on earth. Now, what must you remember now? What must you remember from now onwards? Well, I think the first one is definitely, um, remember that one day you will give account. To God one day you will give account to God about how whether you have been living according to God in the spirit you will give an account I must remember that that is this is a heads up I say again this is a heads up all right now the second thing what must you learn what must you learn now I must learn that well I must make full use make full use of this heads up from God make full use of this warning from God so that I will not have regrets so that I will not have any regrets now if you're not a believer all right if in your heart you still reject Jesus Christ then you must say well I must make full use of this warning I must make full use of this warning all right so that I will not have regret and forever in hell and say I wish I wish on that day when daddy and mommy shared the gospel to me, I wish on that day I believed on Jesus Christ. I wish so. Okay? Now, maybe I just want to make this very clear because some of you seem still confused. Right? Maybe us, especially the younger ones. Um, back to maybe you, all right? Tanya. Now, Tanya. So we know that for the believer, 
believer change to blue now. Eh? For the believer at the bima seat, at the bima seat, all right, you will not go to hell because you have believed in Jesus Christ. You have the first part. You have the first part. Okay, because of part gospel part A, all right, you will go to heaven, or rather, you continue with God. You live forever with God. All right, heaven or on on earth. All right, the new heaven and new earth. Because of part A. Now, what about part B, Tanya? What happens for part B? God says, "I will judge you." What happens at part B? You give an account, alright? And God thus tells us, Now, if you have not lived according to God in the Spirit, then the things that you've done on earth will be all burnt up. Burnt up. Yes, you will go to heaven, but you have no rewards, nothing. Forever and ever, you will always regret. Correct? Okay, so this is a heads up. It's like some of you, if the teacher tells you, there's going to be an exam, there's going to be a test at the end of this semester. And then you don't take it seriously. You ignore it. Then suddenly when the test comes, you're going to regret it, right? You're going to wish you paid serious, um, take serious heed and made your preparation. You cannot turn back time here anymore, right? That is it. Now then we continue, all right? We, so now let this be real in our lives. Let this be real in our lives. Now what else must we learn and must we remember? Well, definitely, I must stop running with them. Look, you look at the context, God says, well, they will speak evil of you in verse 4. But God tells us not to run with them. Not to run with them. Now, let me ask you, students, are there still friends in your school all right, who are unbelievers, but you love to hang out with them all right, and run with them, um, and you have very little interest in spiritual things? Okay? Now, this is, this is a warning. God says, don't run with them, all right? Don't run with them anymore. It's time to give up those friendships. It's time to have good Christian friendships and grow spiritually with them, all right? Not have a worldly friendships that, yeah, you may not be doing sinful things, but these are friendships that not, are not going to help you grow spiritually. Eventually, they will draw you away. Eventually, they will draw you away. Yes? No, 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 no. Wouldn't it be seen as potentially unkind, say, if you, you're saying to drop a friendship, say you have a lifelong friendship with someone, the person's not a believer, and you drop the friendship saying that, with the reasoning that it's not going to have a spiritual growth, then wouldn't, wouldn't it be seen as unkind to the person? Okay, maybe, so, so I, perf I, I repeat the question. Now, would it be seeming unkind, unkind to your friends, alright, to your friends, that you have a long friendship with them, and then you drop the friendship, alright? Then we say, oh, you know, um, it seems unkind, alright, seems unkind. Now, um, maybe I'll try someone, answer, uh, Justin. Alright, yeah, that, that's what it is. So remember, it is you don't run with them, alright? 
means you, we used to, well, after school, sit down and watch manga together, alright? Or read manga magazines together, exchange manga magazines. Or for example, we used to, well, exchange um, pop music to, with each other, CDs, right? Um, those are things you don't run with them anymore. So this is not delete his contact number from your handphone and when the person calls you, uh, you put it as barred phone number, right? Spam calls. Uh, this is definitely not that. So thanks for asking that. So you're clear in your mind. The Christian, Peter said, Paul said, now I'm not asking you to separate from the unbelievers because if a Christian separates from unbelievers, then you must live outside planet earth, remember? Paul said that, alright? So, when God says, don't run in excess with them, what God is saying, now you no longer have the same, actually, the answer is here. Look at verse, verse, um, verse 5. But live according to God in the spirit. One is in the flesh, one in the spirit. Now, it means your, your spirit, your attitude with the, towards them has changed, alright? Has changed. So, for example, well, you go to school, you will do projects with them, but... You are not someone who says, well, when it comes to weekend, when it comes to when I have free time, they are the people that I will go hang out with. And then just to chat mindlessly, alright? So now you, your, your friendship with them changes, alright? So some certain things you know you don't do with them anymore. And, certain, and you maintain your friendship. And why do you maintain your friendship? Maybe I ask Noah then. Now with that understanding, um, you used to go watch movies with them, or when you have free time, you will just spend time with them, hanging out with them, play games with them. Now, then, if, when you do see them in school or spend time with them, what is your objective in mind from now onwards? Ideally, um, you probably should be sharing uh, the gospel or spiritual things with them. Mm -hmm. yeah, but ideally, your aim is always, well, I maintain my friendship because I want to be able to share the gospel with them, invite them to church and all that. It's no more with no intention, just to have fun with them and that is it, right? So I know this is one of the things that many young people ask, biblical separation and all that. You have to write, have the right perspective. Now I'll give you one example. I remember someone shared, um, he used to, as a university student, well every Friday he would go um, watch movies, alright? Watch watch um, Hong Kong serials with his friends um, in the dorm and all that. Now, after he got saved, after he got saved, now he still have these friends, he still know these friends, right? He will still bump into them at lunchtime or he may even eat lunch with them at lunchtime. But all these activities, now he withdraws himself from it, right? He withdraws himself from it. Now, in fact, um, I remember um, one person shared that, well, he was, um, you know, it's, it's that movie night, movie night. And he went to the friend's, another friend's room um, to share the gospel with a friend, right? Share the gospel with a friend. And then, um, and then the moment movie time was going to start, a whole group of people came in with the videotapes and all that, going to start. And then he just excused himself. He just excused himself. Right? He said, no longer do I run with them. And he says, well, a lot of things that they watch are Christ what Christians shouldn't watch. A lot of music that they just hang around to listen to. He, the Christian should not have those things anymore. And he just left. He just left. All right? Now, in fact, we won't have time to do it tonight. Um, that is my question. In fact, uh, uh, Noah, if you look at uh, everyone, all right? if you look at question numbers, number five. Now, what, how would you respond to, but what if they think Christian, Christianity is strange because of my Christian obedience? And they get turned off, right? They get turned off. You say, how come... 
how come now when the when all this start no I used to hang out with them but now he goes away all right um, he he don't he don't continues with us will they think that well uh, since Noah became a Christian if this is what Christianity is then I'd rather not be a Christian sometimes you may think like that right and this is exactly that question perhaps this is what you're asking now how will they think it strange will they think it unkind we are not saying don't maintain I have many um, Christian, uh, non-Christian friends where before I was saved, I was, we were very close friends, alright, we went everywhere together, did everything together, we sleep over each other's house, we are like, you find one person, you find the other person, alright, we are always together, go cycling and all that now after I became a Christian, I realised that I don't want to spend my time, right um, weekends, weekday nights, going out with them doing those things anymore, running with them because my time should be spent with going to church for prayer meeting, going to church for Bible studies um, on weekend to spend my time um, um, reading Christian things and all that. I realized that my time should not be spent on those things anymore. Alright? Well, today if they see me, they was, to them is nothing has changed in the sense of they don't think that I ostracize them, I, I don't talk to them anymore. Alright? So they still treat me like a normal human being. But they know that there are things that Joseph has changed in his interest and how he spent time from then on. They don't think it's unkind. In fact, um, so next week, thanks for raising, next week we are going to answer this question. How, we should, how should we think? Yeah, they will think, they may think we are unkind. Depends on how you manage that friendship from then on. Okay, answer your question roughly first. Next, next Friday we will go into detail. Now, so we continue here. Alright, we continue here. So it's not, don't talk to them anymore. Alright. We can talk more about that um, when we come to that time. Um, now, um, but, but I, since we're on this, I just want to highlight this. The Christian must acknowledge and must be clear that if you spend, if you are more interested in spending time with unbelievers, it will eventually make you just a very earthly, um, carnal, fleshly believer. That's all, alright? So that is what's going to happen to you eventually. The question is how to manage that kind of friendship, how to manage it, right? So that's the thing. Now let's, let's um, then um, quickly do um, question number three, continuing question number three. Um, so after about, so actually my answer is to not desire to run with them, not desire to run with them, all right? Not admire their worldly lifestyle and um, now then, this is the other one. You look at verse 5. Verse, uh, verse 6, sorry, verse 6. Now it says, That they may be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the, in the Spirit. Now the other thing we must learn is this. Maybe this is directly to, to what you ask. That they may, the reason why the gospel is preached to you is so that they may be, you, you may be judged according to men in the flesh but live according to God in the Spirit. Now, this is actually saying this. Christian, when the gospel, when God sent the gospel to you, is God is already saying that you may be judged according to men in the flesh. Meaning to say, they may even really say, well, since Noah became a Christian, he used to spend all the time with us. Then now he don't send, seem to spend that time with us. Friday nights, he's not with us anymore. Tuesday, that kind of thing. Now, literally God says that Noah will be judged in the flesh. So they may even say, you seem to be unkind now, unloving towards us anymore. They may even say that. All right? But Friday we will learn, next Friday we will learn. Now, how do we manage that? What does that mean? But we have to be prepared that they, 
if you're doing the right thing, huh, I'm not asking you to, to be extreme and say, from now onwards, you cut off, we don't talk anymore. When you're doing the right thing, they will still may think that you are unloving and unkind. Remember that, alright? So God does say the gospel will cause you to be thought of as unkind. But just don't go and do something silly and extreme which is not needed for a Christian and then you're called unkind, okay? We'll talk about some of those next week, God willing. Alright, so yes, one of the things that you have to be prepared for is you'll be judged according to your flesh. You will be. You will be. Now, I've been known for example of people who were in unequal yoke. Unequal yoke. Boyfriends and girlfriends. Right? And they've been together like seven, eight years. Seven, eight years. And uh, at the end of it, um, the girl told the guy, now, no matter what you say, um, I cannot marry you unless you become a true believer. All right? Now, in those situations, really, the, the person, or it could be boy or the other way around, and they're going to say, you wasted, you wasted so many years of my life. You know, I was with you at 20 years old, and with boyfriend and girlfriend, now I'm 27 years old. And then you say, you won't marry me unless I am a true believer. Would you be thought of as unkind? Extremely unkind, alright? But, but here it is, God says, that they may be judged according to men in the flesh, in those situations. Right? So sometimes it's very difficult, but we have to obey we have to live according to God in the Spirit, okay? Alright, so that's one example. Now, the other one, what are the things that we should learn? Now, the other one to learn is, you must continue to bear your testimony as a stranger and pilgrim. You must continue to bear your testimony as a stranger and pilgrim. Now, what do I mean by that? Now, knowing that God would judge us both, knowing that God sent the gospel to you so that you will live according to um, God in the spirit. Now, having known that, having known that, the whole point is God says you must bear a testimony. Living according to God in the spirit is bearing a testimony to the world, a light to the world. This is an important answer because this is needed for question number five, right? A light to the world. In other words, you must be a one that is bearing a testimony for, for homeland, for, for heaven, for your homeland. Now, here is where it becomes very difficult because sometimes it's close friends. Sometimes maybe even your own family members. They are going to judge you in the flesh. They're going to say, why must you um, um, not go to these places, not do this, not do that anymore? Why? You know why? It caused so much problems in the family. We want to go and watch this. We want to go as a family. Why don't you want to go with us? All right? Or maybe even biblical separation, maybe even um, um, going to a sound church. All right? Now, all these things, you are going to be judged by men according to the flesh. You will be. You will be. Now, but you must not give in. All right? One of the most difficult things to continue to live according to God in the spirit is when it comes to close friends when it comes to family members but yet God says you must because yes they will judge you according to the flesh they do not understand and they will but just because they don't understand uh, this is a part I hope you understand just because they judge you according to the flesh just because they don't understand why you choose to live like that but God says 
but live according to God in the spirit you must continue the most difficult is when they say I don't understand I cannot accept why must you be like that all right so so please remember that that's one of the key lessons um, we must learn from this verse now then of course the next one the next thing we must learn um, look at verse 6 look at verse 6 uh, 5 and 6 sorry now 5 and 6 together now it means don't take revenge right now they will falsely accuse you they will um, speak evil of you but God says verse 5 but they will give account to God one day verse 5 tells us God will judge them for judging you God will judge them for speaking evil against you it will happen so Christian one of your behavior when people mock you when people um, um, when people um, ostracize you and then in school and then they say oh I need help all right I need help but before that they mocked you for being a Christian all right um, and they they kept you out of their groups because you know you're different from them and when they need help as long as it's not sinful help huh? now God says well God will judge them don't you don't need to be the judge one day God will judge them all right you leave it to God you still help them in fact this is how you live according to God in the flesh now many of those people they they would they would beat up these Christians they will burn these Christians they will kill these Christians but God says one day I will judge them for you for you you live according to the flesh you still share the gospel with them you still reach out to them you still love them all right so this is not about well good 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 yeah yeah God is going to judge you one day it's not that all right but it is still in love um, live according to God in the spirit in love still share the gospel with them still show a Christian testimony to them all right so these are important lessons that these people must learn while they were living at that time now in fact you look at verse 7 for this cause was the gospel preached also to them that are dead now so he's saying this please remember your neighbor all right or your father who was killed by the Roman soldiers for believing in Christianity and is buried in your backyard now but I need you to remember the reason why the gospel was preached to your father who was killed for being a Christian and is buried in your backyard now it was preached to him so that even though men judge him in the flesh but he lived according to God in the spirit right this is what Peter is saying to them so to us we just listen to this now what's the worst that can happen to you when people mock you let me ask you maybe ask you uh, next one Cornelius what's the worst when you say Cornelius you, you mean you you don't drink liquor all right so it's your graduation and then they mock you and then Cornelius you, you mean you don't you don't watch this you don't do that then they mock at you here comes the holy man okay so now they mock you but I can't remember what, what I wanted to ask you uh, when all those things happen um, what how should you respond Cornelius say again say again God said that it will happen to the Christian. But now God says, no, for this cause, the gospel is preached unto them, they are dead. They got persecuted, they were martyrs, they died. Will you die? Will they kill you for being a Christian? At the most, what do you feel? Now remember what I ask you. Ashamed, embarrassed, 
Every time you, you go to the groups, they look at you, they move away, right? Then after some time, they realize, like you said, after a few times, you don't go out with them to do these kind of things. You feel that I don't want to waste my time doing this. Then they don't invite you anymore. And then they're talking, hey, let's go, let, uh, this Saturday, let's go. And then they say, hey, no is coming. Don't talk about this, right? On purpose. What do you feel at the most embarrassed, right? Maybe if a bit, a bit, you feel a bit left out and sad, right? That's the worst. But this is, for this cause, the gospel was preached to them that were martyred, that died. We won't die from embarrassment. I hope not. At least, all right? You don't want to die from embarrassment. It's just embarrassment. Or you just feel, well, well they no longer like me that, like they used to. That's it. That's it. So the Christian must understand this phrase. They were preached to the martyrs, but the martyrs, they were judged in the flesh, but they, live, they continued to live according to God in the spirit. All right? At the most embarrassed, that's all. At the most less friends, that is all. You're not called to be a martyr, at least um, not from what we can see at this time of history. All right? Maybe one day, I don't know. All right? so, so now that is the other one that we must learn. Now then, the last two things and then we close, all right? What else must we learn? Um, this is related to question five, actually. Now, living rightly. Okay, look up here. I want you to understand this Christian principle. Now, living according to God in the spirit. Do you think it is something as unkind? And unloving. Continue to live according to God in the Spirit. Do you think it's unkind and unloving? Well, I think the answer is clear. It's no. That's why you ask. It would look like it's unkind, right? But yet you know the answer is no, it's not. But why? Why no? Maybe I ask. Alright, so now, Caleb, why? Why is, is when, they, when they say, hey, you're Christian and live like that, but you continue to do so? Why is it not unkind, assuming you do the right things, huh? And not be strange. It's God wants you to do, but but it may seem very unkind to the person. Maybe in your family, right? So now I come here, right? Come here, Caitlin. Maybe in your family, do you think it's unkind when when your family say, Caitlin, we don't want you to go for Bible studies on Friday night, right? We we want to have family dinners or on Sunday as well. Why, why must you stay back for all this Bible study? You know, we we want you to you know go visit relatives or spend family time together, but you continue to live according to God in the Spirit, obey Him. Do you think it's unkind? Why? I guess unkind to them is a perception that they have, so it's not our own perception. Okay, number one, unkindness is a perception that they have. But, so you say, by that behavior, you're not being unkind to them. Yes. Yes. Well, you're very hard-hearted. Huh? <laughs> More hard-hearted than, uh, than guys. No, still say, oh, I, feel un- feel like them. I feel unkind. You know? Say, no, I don't feel unkind. Why? Okay, we live for God and not for our family. And see, that is exactly why you're unkind. <laughs> all right, we come to that next Friday, all right? Next Friday, we ask, we ask and answer that question. Is it unkind? It's something that we struggle with. In fact, I struggled with this when I first became a Christian. And these are my closest friends. We literally are like, like, like 
twin, twin brothers, right? It's like glued in the flesh together, right? Three of us. Now, so we'll talk about that next week. But the last one I want to say this. The other thing we must remember is this. Remember this. Right? I really hope that young person, you remember this. Now, knowing that God says, they will judge you in the flesh, and we all will stand before God one day in judgment. Alright? Now, the only time, the only time you can prove to God your faithfulness. Remember, these people are called to martyrdom. Alright? Called to martyrdom. The only time you, okay, all the young ones, the only time you can be, you can show God that you are faithful to Him is when? In heaven or here? Matthew. Say again. Here or heaven? Here. Here. Why here? Very good. <laughs> I like your answers. Because in heaven, everyone is faithful. Correct? In heaven, everyone is faithful. You're sinless. You're faithful. Do you know that your test, your test of your love to God, that you will continue to live according to God in the Spirit? Even though when men judge you in the flesh, the most difficult time to live according to God in the Spirit is when men judge you in the flesh. Correct? That is the most difficult time. When is the time you're living in the flesh? On earth. On earth. Right? Of course, we are not talking about the glorified body one day. On earth. The only time you can prove your love to God and your loyalty to God, your faithfulness to God, your love to God, is when you are living. When you are living. So when Peter said this, now you look at this verse that Peter said. Look at verse, verse, um, 1 Peter chapter 4, verse 6. For this cause the gospel was preached to them that are dead. Do you know why Peter wants to bring up the martyrs? You know why Peter wants to bring up the martyrs? He is trying to stir the living ones. You are living. These dead ones, they really lived according to God in the Spirit. They did not compromise. They lift up their Christian faith. They love God more than running with their friends. All right? He wanted to point out the martyrs to them. To tell them when they were living, they lived like that. We are all going to go to heaven. Like Matthew said, in heaven everyone is faithful. There's nothing to prove to God. The only time is now. It's now. All right? So Christian, I hope that you look at your life in that perspective as a young person. It's now. Don't have regrets later on. It's now. Right? Whatever it is that's causing you not to give God your heart fully, you just say, only now. I may die tomorrow. Only now. I go to heaven, I can declare all my love to God. No use. The test is now. Alright? Maybe I'll ask you, when, what do your parents always say to you? The time to show me love is when? My Chinese say, your parents don't say that to you. The time to show me love, Hazel, is when? Parents. Huh? Now, when I am living, when I'm living, right? When I'm dead and then you want to tell, keep telling me you love me, it's no use. Well, it's the same. The time to show Christ our love is now, when we are living. Alright? Now, let us close in prayer and continue next week.